You are Locked On Wild, your Minnesota Wild every day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello, I am your host, Joe Booley of ZoneCoverage.com. And uh, Tony is out. He uh, he definitely made note of it uh, last week on Friday that he uh, he's actually going to be preoccupied uh, these next couple of days. But uh, don't worry, I've got some backup. I brought in Josh from Evolving Wild, actually, of Evolving Hockey fame. And so, Josh, how's it going today? It's going great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so um, the big news is obviously the David Ayers thing, the uh, the 42-year-old emergency backup goalie go ahead, goes ahead and uh, basically stymies the, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs in a game for the um, Carolina Hurricanes. And the funny thing is, is David Ayers is a 42-year-old Zamboni driver for the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a pretty funny story, but I know that you are fans of the uh, Maple Leafs fans. Uh, so what's your what's your overall thought on kind of what transpired? Well, I mean, I think the emergency backup is always uh, just a, a great time for fans. I think everybody just loves to kind of pop on that game. Uh, as I mentioned to you and we mentioned on Twitter, we actually were, were uh, preoccupied last night, so I didn't actually mm-hmm. get to watch it. Um, I meant to go back and kind of I, I saw some highlights um, about, you know, on on Twitter and kind of following along as it, as the uh, as the event was unfolding, I'll say. But I tweeted this out last night and it, it kind of think goes along with with some of the theories about goaltending a little bit in, in the NHL, I think specifically regarding defense is that it's um, it, it's it's funny when you think about like what is a replacement level or like uh, what would we expect from a goalie who, you know, has some experience but is not a professional necessarily by any means. Like if you just had an emergency mm-hmm. backup that you needed to call up would that player or that goalie be considered replacement level. And I think he had what, like an 800, it was like a, you know, 800 save percentage or whatever it was. And I think he, yeah, it's like two goals or something. Right. Um, yeah. I think it was and, 10 shots total, eight saves yeah. made and he gave up okay. two goals. Yeah. 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 And so it, it is, it, I think it, 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 I was kind of thinking about it from a theoretical standpoint is like, what. I, I think I've talked to this uh, with uh, Ben Remington about this on uh, yeah. what podcast is he on now? I can't uh, remember. Giles and the goalie. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that one. We've been on that. Uh, one one of us is, or we've been on that a couple of times. And, you know, he's a goalie. So we've talked about it. It's just like, you know, you think about it like, well, so just throw a dude in front of the net, right? I mean, how much space are they taking up that, you know, I, I think it leads to this idea that, that like, you know, shooting is very hard. It's a, you know, like scoring goals is hard. And also oh, yeah. that like goals are you know, a lot of the time, like pretty random for the most part. And so I think it kind of kind of gives credence to like, you know, you could throw just some random guy, you know, in this case, a 40 year old who had some experience, but he's a Zamboni driver, you know, put some pads on, throw him in net against like some of the best players in the world. Mm-hmm. And it's still going to be hard for them to score. I think there's this assumption that that NHL players are able to just if you had someone who didn't, you know, didn't have the professional experience, like, are they going to be able to uh, to stop any shots? And I think what we see and, you know, we've seen this in the past, too, is it's not easy to score. And so I think it's just kind of funny to think about it from more of a theoretical standpoint is like, what would a replacement level goalie do? You know, how, how would they perform? What does that say about, you know, shooting or scoring or defense or all of the things in, in hockey? So I think that just was what I was thinking about last night as it was going on. Yeah. Well, and you brought up how hard it is to score goals. I mean, the Wild have struggled for years, but it also gives that much more meaning to what uh, Alex Ovechkin has done his entire career. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and I mean, it's not just, I mean, it, and that's what I said. It's a, it's extremely difficult, but we see players like Liney or Steven Stamkos or uh, you know, uh, like Kuznetsov or other players who have a, just a, a really good shot and they're able to to add value there just by their shooting talent or shooting ability is, is definitely a, uh, can be a very, very valuable thing for your team. Um, and yeah, Ovechkin is like the, the clear, you know, uh, example of that when people think about it, but mm-hmm. there've been, Every year, there's a handful of players who, um, you know, are are performing well above what we'd expect uh, based on whatever you're looking at. And and I think that, you know, like with those players, they're the ones who have the skill and don't necessarily uh, struggle really against, you know, if they're put in good positions, obviously, or good situations on the ice and they have the teammates to, you know, to get them puck, that kind of thing. We could could talk about that whole thing forever. But, yeah, it it, (laughs) it really does, I think, kind of uh, highlight as well the players who – um, really do succeed at just scoring alone as well as scoring like uh the Edmonton Oilers certainly can score pretty well I mean you've got uh, Leon Dreisaitl and and Connor McDavid on that team it's the, the scoring knack is definitely there but we saw against the Oilers even just this last week their defense is atrocious and you also kind of created a bit of a kerfuffle on uh on Twitter just the, this last week too when it came to um the Kind of the outlier, maybe that uh, Valeri Nichushkin was what did it was it uh, kind of rated a little bit higher in it was it your expected gar or something like that? Yeah, it it has been. Let me just say that we've had our fair share of of um, interesting opinions or controversial opinions or whatever what have you. Even this season, we've had a couple takes or opinions that I think have um, gotten a lot of feedback. They've gotten a lot of uh, people either for the most part, criticizing what we're saying. But the first one I think this year was we had some uh, some takes about Patrick Kane compared to Nick Benino that has stuck with us that led to a, a after a, a, a series of back and forth. We actually did a Reddit AMA that was <laughs> that was kind of started by <laughs> some of our, our disagreements with people on on Reddit and Twitter specifically. But um, and then we were talking about Ovechkin. And I think and, and really what it was, was that it was this it was really the same type of uh, situation with both Patrick Kane and, and Alexander Ovechkin with Leon Dreisaitl um, and Connor McDavid, but this was about Dreisaitl specifically, is because I think right. I mean you know we're not necessarily people who look too much at um, at points to evaluate players. I think we don't need to go into that, but we've right. we've been pretty vocal about that. But I'm you know Dreisaitl is what he's like. I don't know how many points he is ahead of the next person in terms of points, but it was something came up where people were starting to do some kind of talking about how. Dry was running away with the heart and all this stuff. And it kind of led us to look at based on sites. Now, it wasn't just one of our models, but it was several. It was our, so yeah, our goals that we have on evolvinghockey.com, we, we house a couple of our player evaluation metrics that are based mm-hmm. on uh, models that we've, we've built and, and tested and tuned over the years. Um, one of them is goals above replacement. Another is expected goals above replacement. And then we have uh, a regression uh, approach that's called RAPM or regularized adjusted plus minus. Um, and from everything that we've seen with dry subtle, and it's kind of been over his career is that from the public, this is of course with the public data from the NHL. Um, but is his defensive game is, is could be anywhere from below average to one of the worst, def, you know, he's one of the worst defensive forwards in the league um, is, is what we've seen. I mean, then that's the same thing with Ovechkin and Patrick Kane is that I think what we've kind of started to theorize is that some of these mm-hmm. players, and I, I don't think it's too crazy to say that there are, sacrificing um defense to get better offense right like they're they're giving up chances on you know in their own end basically because they're maybe i don't know what you want to call it but not cheating but they're maybe trying to leave the zone earlier they're trying to get a jump on the puck they're trying to get in the you know they want to just drive offense and they do that really really well but because of that they also tend to kind of sacrifice 
more of, uh, on the defensive side of things. And so we we basically just have kind of been in this. Uh, it's It's been a pretty intense feud with the entire Edmonton <laughs> fan base at this point. Uh, yeah. To the point of really what it's been is is they think that we're like just trolling or that we're just trying to get people fired up. And I think <laughs> I, I guess I'd, I can't really deny that there's a little bit of that in there. Like we would it would be stupid for us to say that we didn't think that it was going to cause a, a bit of a stir to say that we thought. Drysaddle wasn't, you know, our, our hard candidate. I think uh, the flip side, though, our five, I think we had like Panarin, Pedersen, uh, McKinnon, Eichel, I think, and then mm-hmm. maybe Petrangelo, I think, were maybe our five, okay. which I don't think is like that crazy. I think that those are no. – and those players are players who have been pretty good or or at least not terrible defensively. The, the thing that comes out when we, when we talk about this with our models is that people really latch on to – I think we had Craig Smith and, yeah, Valerian Nachuskin who were – we said we're slightly better than dry saddle this, this <laughs> year. And that really did not go over well with Edmonton fans specifically, but also just general people who don't, who can't possibly imagine how a player with 25 points might be more valuable mm-hmm. to their team than somebody who has whatever right. 97 points, whatever dry saddles at right now. <laughs> I'll, I'll stop there, but that's the general <laughs> overview of it. <laughs> yeah, that I think explains kind of the, uh, the controversy that you saw on Twitter and why they had to <laughs> shut down their, uh, their DMs, but uh, we're going to take a short break and right on the other side, we're going to get into more of kind of a, a wild focused uh, a little bit here and uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to Josh from Evolving Wild on Locked On Wild. Welcome back to the program. You're listening to Locked On Wild. This is Joe and with me is Josh from Evolving Wild. Josh, uh, the biggest news probably, well, maybe not biggest news, you know, over the weekend was was surrounding wild captain Miko Koivu. Um, he has decided that he is not going to waive his no move clause. But uh, you know, for Koivu, um, we could talk about his future probably at another date too. But for this season, he's been relegated to the fourth line. He's um, he's his production has has decreased dramatically. Um, and I'm just curious: is this guy a guy that like? Maybe he's maybe he is serviceable still on defense quite a bit and and maybe he still serves a purpose or do you think like no this is probably a good time to finally cut loose on on Miko Koivu. Well, I think that Koivu because he he one of the things we've seen obviously is he's just gotten he's lost a step or maybe three you know as he's mm-hmm. gotten older. I think what is he thirty six now? He's going to be thirty seven in a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, and it, it like it's obvious that he's lost kind of what he even a couple of years ago, like the 16, 17 or 17, 18 seasons, even in his mid kind of mid or younger 30s, was still able to uh, even though he wasn't necessarily the fastest player, he was still in this position, I think, was able to make up for for that. And I, I, I think that's still there. I think there's been kind of an interesting narrative around him is that people just assume that he's just terrible now when he's actually still very serviceable as a third or fourth liner. Um, sure. I, I think the thing we're not seeing really is the offense, but that hasn't really been there for a couple of years now. Um, mm-hmm. I think his, his defensive impact has definitely taken a, a, a hit from, I mean, but we're talking, he was in from what we've seen in 16, 17, 17, 18, maybe even 18, 19 was like, in our opinion, Selkie like winner, like 17, 18, sure. he had one of the best defensive seasons we've seen it before since 2007. Oh, yeah. And I, I think that, you know, some of that obviously is, is, is a little systems, but he kind of has, I think it was really interesting to watch Koivu uh, evolve kind of into like what you see with some, some of the good older players, right? Like as they get older, they maybe lose one area of their game. They used to kind of excel at when they were younger, they transition that, or they move that into another area they're able to add value from. I think Koivu is still, like I mentioned, a good defensive 
uh, center. And he's actually surprisingly like pretty good still on the power play. I know a lot of fans don't want to hear that or don't like that idea, but okay. he's still he's always been a player who's actually been pretty good on the power play. And I think a lot of that is just because of his positioning and and his ability to kind of distribute the puck and and really really kind of hold the zone a little bit. Um, I think in terms of like what the Wild should do, a lot a lot of it's going to depend on. Uh, you know, because he's up after this year, obviously. I'm not, yep. you know, we're working on our contract projections right now, but I, I'm not entirely sure what his projection would look like. I think um, it would probably be, you know, he, he's probably in, in that that kind of that Joe Thornton area where he's maybe going to think about it. If they, the Wild would sign him for a year, you know, it'd be me. I don't know. I, I do you have an, have, has there been any reports about him, like what he is planning to do after this year? I think the latest update is that he is seriously contemplating. Uh, retirement, which okay. if if that is, I mean, he's going to retire as a as a Minnesota Wild player, and and good for him. I think he's earned that right. Um, but um, you know, if if the Wild for some reason have an issue chasing their center and aren't able to get something, uh, they might go knocking on his door again. Who knows? Yeah, well, and that's I, the thing for me is I I think it's it's you know you you follow it and and all the reporting around him is that he loves Minnesota he he loves the idea of being on one team his whole career it doesn't seem like he's in a position like and that just came out recently like he wants to go to a you know contender quote unquote or whatever he kind of wants to stay on the wild and and I I think if the price is right I I don't necessarily think that you're gonna like if you're trying to fill a third or fourth line center and, 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 and you can get them for, I don't know, a year at 1.5 or something or two or something like that, I think still a pretty serviceable like contract that you're going to get some value from if he, you know, but the, the the catch there is that Koivu, I think is everything that's been reported in all the, you know, all of Russo's stories and everything you hear about him is he's a very proud individual. And I think what we're seeing a little bit and what, what kind of came out with the whole, Boudreaux firing and and I think some of the other stories about it is that the vets in the room are pretty proud individuals and so as we see you know kind of the same questions could be asked about Suter or Parisi in the next few years it's like is Suter going to be okay you know in a a second pair a third pair situation you know is Parisi okay playing third wing you know third line minutes like we're we're starting to see the younger players obviously this year take a step forward and and you can't really keep giving Koivu top six minutes or top even if he is okay on the power play like you he's he's you would I ideally have a younger player who's going to be more valuable there. So I, I, it depends what the market is. We haven't looked, I haven't looked at it a ton. Um, I, I think if, if you can get them for a, like a one year, you know, one and a half, $2 million contract, like I still think that's like probably okay. And you just basically come to the understanding that like, you have to basically go to Kobe and say, look, we're, we don't have room. We're, we're going to give you a contract. That's basically a fourth liner or third line center. And he's sure. going to provide value there. So it, it's okay. kind of up to what the team, what the, what the, the the team wants to do, what direction I think they want to go. Um, I think it's definitely still an option, but it'd be interesting if, if Koivu just, you know, if he, he decides that he, retirement is maybe the route he wants to go. Sure. Um, you mentioned young players that have kind of maybe taken a step. Uh, a couple of players I want to get to real quick here is uh, one Kevin Fiala, and he's really become a real fun player for the Minnesota Wild and for fans to watch. Um, some of his goals are real highlight, real goals. And uh, he seems to be a kind of player that likes to make everybody around him better by providing, you know, the, the difficult pass or or trying to set them up as well as also finishing with uh, spectacular plays. Do you think we're actually seeing quite the breakout here from him, even though he's kind of on pace to be right around that same uh, sort of output that he's kind of had in his career? I think his career high is like right around 49 points. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, first of all, it has been just an absolute treat watching Fiala this year. I, I think in terms of just the Wild haven't had a player like him since, I mean, in terms of just, you know, playmaking, 
or well, he I was going to say Granlin was kind of the one that can, that I was reminded of, but Granlin was more in that kind of setup, that passing area that was just fun to see his creativity. Right. I think Fiala is extremely creative. Uh, he's very creative with the ways that he enters the zone and the ways that he is able to maybe deke, uh, def, you know, defensive forwards or, or defensemen when he's you know in the in that home plate area or whatever right in front of the net. Mm-hmm. I think is really fun to watch. Um, I think Fiala is absolutely. Uh, it, it's really nice to see him kind of uh, bounce back from maybe a bit of a down year the last year or two. You know when he was with with predators because back in i think 16 17 17 18 like he was a really uh really good he had a couple really good seasons with the predators and then i think he was it was in an acl or a broken it was a broken femur i thought yeah that's what it was yeah and and like i think it took him a little bit i think as we're seeing now uh like more time than maybe people gave him the amount of i guess to to get over that injury um so fiala is definitely like a kind of a shining star i think for the wild going forward yeah uh, i was gonna bring up jules erickson as another player he um has been a player that uh you know has been been talked about as being kind of a replacement for miko koivu and i, I kind of held off saying you know miko koivu does things defensively that is really 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 good and he for the most part through koivu's career he was also pretty productive as well the points necessarily haven't come so much with, with Jules Erickson Eck, but do you think that he is really right in line to be a, a Koivu replacement? Uh, yeah, I mean, Luke and I have always, since he came into the league, we've been huge fans of him, I think, from a defensive side. his A lot of his metrics look really good, and they they continue to look good. I think the one thing that was, you know, when when we, we were looking at him and, and what everybody seemed to say is that he also was like, you know, had a good shot. I think that was kind of one of his, you know, the scouting reports you would hear on him was that he he could also do kind of, you know, he, he was also good offensively as well. And we haven't really seen that still. Like you mentioned, I, I think his real value has been, from his defense and he's he does a very good job him and um i think greenway as well defensively if we look at just goal probability or expected goals um against and kind of allowing shots close in like he does a very good job keeping things outside of the crease outside of like the you know the higher higher danger areas on the ice i don't think his trajectory is quite as good as what koivu was in his prime but mm-hmm. i think Eck is definitely in in a position where he could he could really be a serviceable like a good second line center for the team. really okay he's not I don't think he's going to – I we'll see. I mean, he's still young. What is he, like 23, 22? 23. Um, it, it, like, we're kind of starting to get into the, you know, what you would maybe consider to be his prime years. And I think okay. that's kind of the same thing with Fiala and Greenway and Donato even and 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 some of their other um, younger players uh, that are, you know, Susie as well, I think. I don't know. I don't want to, I, I, maybe I get a little confused on, on ages here, but <laughs> I think Eric Tech is, is definitely in a role in a, in a trajectory of being that kind of shut down second line center that would be a good replacement for Koibu. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I know Tony and I have been kind of begging to get uh, Jules Erickson X some more minutes. So yep. uh, it's kind of in, intriguing that you think that even as a, uh, like a second line center that he actually has that potential, but uh, so that's kind of crazy. Um, Anyways, uh, we're going to take another short break and then we'll come up with one more segment. It is the trade deadline. Um, and uh, so we've got plenty to talk about on that. So we'll take another break and we'll get right back into it. I'm going to ask you about a few more different players. So uh, you're That's listening good. to Locked on Wild. Welcome back to Locked on Wild. I'm your host, Joe. And with me is Josh from Evolving Wild and EvolvingHockey.com. If you need your hockey stats, I encourage you to be a Patreon as well as uh, go to evolvinghockey.com to uh, to make sure that you're always up to date on, on the latest event, advanced stats so that uh, when, whether you're a blogger like myself 
or a podcaster looking to get the, the right stat out there, try to prove to your friends around the water cooler who your who the best player is on your favorite team. Uh, certainly go to uh, evolvinghockey.com. So a couple of players on the trade deadline, Josh, um, that have been kind of rumored towards the wild. Actually, just one have kind of been rumored is Vincent Trocek. And I just want to get your first overall take on Vincent Trocek. I know he's been uh, – he was injured a little bit last year, but he did have a good uh, good season the year prior to that. Do you see well, – I'll save that for my next question, but your first initial thought on Vincent Trocek for the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, I mean, I think that Trocek is a guy that that um, has been kind of a, a intriguing player for for a while. He's played kind of he kind of goes under the radar a little bit I, I, in terms of how fans think about him. I think what is he right now? Like their second line center? Um, I think so. Yeah, for Florida. Yeah, yeah. And so, I, I, I like I really I think really the the question is more what is the what do the Wild want to do? Like, what's their next? You know, their year, their two, three, five year plan. I think for for where they want to be. Um, and I think that if you kind of talk about that or figure out what that should be, then I think that gives you a little bit more of a of an angle is identifying whether or not Trotrek would be a good ad. From from what I've seen, I Trotrek he's like he's pretty good. Um, he's he he had back in 15, 16, 16, 17 some really good years, and then mm-hmm. 17, 18, 18, 19. Uh, looks like he had some injuries in 18, 19, um, and he kind of dropped off a little bit there. He, I, I think, in in terms of what the Wild want, they're clearly trying to get somebody, you know, to to get that top line center. I think, and I don't necessarily think Trocheck is a top line center. I think he's kind of more on that kind of fringe first line could, you know, could be fine there, but mm-hmm. um, probably more the second line third line is, is probably more where he slots in, in terms of just like comparing to other players. He's sure. also going to be 27, uh, which is, you know, he's got, I think what, two or three more years on his contract. I think I saw. So you're going to be taking on, I think it's what, like four, seven, five, I think is what he was at. So you're going to get, you know, yeah, four, seven, five. He's got two more years after this year. If you want, if, if the team wants to go all, kind of, I mean, quote unquote, all in given where they're at now, I, I, I mean, it seems like they might try to go after someone like Trocek. Um, mm-hmm. I think he is probably an improvement over, uh, I, I guess maybe Erickson act, but I think you kind of want to allow Erickson act or, um, you know, whoever other center you may be younger than Trocek to try and, uh, you know, maybe kind of evolve or, or, or grow into that top six center mm-hmm. role. I'm not necessarily the pin that Trocek would be someone I, I think the team should go after. Um, I just think that they already have players in that role who could kind of, you slot in, um, another center, you, you, Eric Stahl isn't probably going anywhere. So you're already, you're right. not really going to fill out that first, that top line center, unless you legitimately go after like a very high end center, which doesn't seem like there is one that's out there right now. Um, I, I think I, he's, he's a good player. I'm not necessarily sure he's as good as maybe some think, but mm-hmm. he's definitely like a very serviceable second line center, I think, and, and would probably fit in pretty well with the wild if they wanted to go that route. Okay. Uh, so speaking about fitting with the wild, do you see him on this wild team with the, with Koivu retiring with uh, Luke Cunnan, who may or may not be a center, Jules Erickson, who fits nicely in kind of a middle six role and uh, Eric Stahl, who's certainly aging. Do you see Trocek is coming in and being the best center that this team already has? Or do you see like, no, he's probably going to be a middle six type of center too. Uh, so where do you think that he would fit on this Minnesota wild team? Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't, from everything that I've, I'm looking at and that we have, I don't think he's, he's not, I, I don't think he's more, I don't, I, there's not enough there to say that he's, he's significantly or, or even 
even you know markedly better than any center that the Wild have right now. I think he is. It's kind of funny. He's like a typical like what the Wilds you know what they've had at center for for a bit now is like not elite by any means, but above average. Does a lot of things. You know can play on the power play and 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 he's been pretty good. I think he he has a little bit of can occasionally have some defensive. Down, uh, you know, like kind of liabilities a little bit, but like he, I, I just am not of the opinion that they should be adding, you know, late twenties centers who have a couple mm-hmm. more years. Sure. Um, I, I just think that like right now, my, my, I guess it really, I, to answer my, my question that I raised earlier is I just think the wild right now, they are not in a position that they are good enough right now to win. I don't think, you know, even if they made the playoffs, obviously ownership wants that, that couple home games or whatever they right. want to, you know, want a series to, to kind of, you know, kind of hit that bottom line or whatever. Um, I'm of the opinion that the Wild are 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 better off going after picks and prospects than adding a, a guy who's going to be 27 and has two more years left. You know, they already have mm-hmm. enough of those players. Like they already have Matt Zuccarello, they already have Parisi, they already have Spurgeon, right. they already have players who are on long term or, or you know are kind of on the maybe slightly past the aging peak. Now that's not to say Trocheck couldn't be good. I think that he would be good, but I'm of the opinion the Wild need they really need to kind of do a little mini rebuild. So I'm not of right. the opinion that Trocek is somebody that they should be adding, but you okay. know, he'd be good. He'd be serviceable in their top six. You mentioned uh, going after young players or prospects. There's one young player who plays for Montreal that Tony specifically brought up on one of our episodes last week. And that's Nick Suzuki. Do you see if the wild were to target Nick Suzuki from Montreal to be a part of this team, do you see him uh, being a player that is worth going, maybe trading like a Matt Dumber or a Jonas Brodin for? I mean Suzuki. He, he so he doesn't have a lot. He doesn't have a ton of minutes or not a ton of time in the uh, mm-hmm. NHL. I think this is his first year, right? And he's got you know sixty four. Um, he's played sixty four games. He's got a uh, like what? But yeah, basically about fifteen minutes a game. So he's playing kind of more a third line role. Okay. I, his early results look pretty good. I don't. To be honest, I don't know a ton about him. I'm not sure what his scouting okay. report is in terms of a uh like um his his i guess his resume or what he's done in in juniors or in his minor kind of the more minor areas of things but he is only 20 years old i think in the in this season so far he's been a pretty good defensive center um who's added some value mm-hmm. in the power play and i i think he could be he he is let's just say this i think that's the kind of player the wild should be trying to go after like a player okay. who is actually has some upside is young um i i think that's who you want to try and flip uh, one of your defensemen for really, I, I think that is he like a straight up Dumba for him, I think is probably the a losing trade for the wild. It depends on what the market is for Dumba. I know it's a little bit low. I, I think of the Dumba or Brodine. I think Brodine is the player who should be getting the bigger return. And I, if he, but I, I, I think Suzuki and maybe a, like a pick maybe I think makes sense. I, I like that approach more than trying to go after a kind of a veteran player i think they need to go younger i think they need to target players like suzuki do you have maybe a short list that players should target before monday's deadline at uh, 2 p.m central time i mean it's it's kind of hard to to say who's available and and who would be you know who who would be a good player i i think the the like the ideal trade for the wild is if they could swing something with the leafs and get like william nylander back but i think at this point with the season that nylander's having they're probably priced out of it i think brodeen a Brodine for Nylander and adding whatever needs to balance that out for either team, I think is, I think would be an ideal situation for the wild. Um, I think Brodine really slots in nicely on the Leafs. He's, he's a extremely good defensive player, um, defensive defenseman. Who's, who's good at breaking the puck out. He's good at his, just his, his, his positioning and all that stuff. Like that is what the Leafs need. And I think that 
it's hard. It's a hard sell though, because his, you know, from a point is more of a standard evaluation of a player. Brody doesn't look like the kind of player that you would think um, would, would get you a player like Nylander. I think Nylander though is, is he's young. He's on a pretty good deal. He's having a really good year and, and his normal kind of counting stats look really great. So that kind of drives up his price. I, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily, that, that would be, in some form, I think the ideal situation for the wild. Now, other players, I think they could go after. I, I don't particularly know who all is available. Um, I don't really want to sound idiotic by throwing out other names. I think that Kreider, Kreider has been rumored. I really like Kreider before, but he's also getting kind of old. And right. um, I'm not sure what the rest of his contract looks like. I guess I should look. But you know, Rangers Twitter has been basically waiting for the you know, and it would be a it would be a full um, like rental player ad is what sure, Kreider sure. would be. So. I don't think he's kind of what the wild want. Um, I, I think really it's it just players who are in their younger, you know, younger side of 20 who, you know, I think Martin is it Nikis. I can, I'm going to botch that last. Tony likes to call him neckish. And then okay. I've heard also Natchez. Okay. Yeah. However you pronounce his name. He's another player that, that I've heard has been uh, somewhat rumored as maybe a possible prospect that would be available. He he doesn't also have very much, you know, in terms of playing time either. So I, I think that though, like Suzuki, Nishis, however you say his name, are those are the kind of players I would much rather see the Wild go after than go after like, you know, aging, aging veterans or players who can add you, give you value now, but aren't going to necessarily bring in a ton. I think ideally next season, right, you have Kaprizov and – Everything that everyone's saying about it is that Kaprizov is the best player who isn't in the NHL currently. I, I tend to agree that he's going to be very good. Now, is he going to be, you know, Artemi Panarin level good? I think a lot of Wild fans want that to happen. I would love yeah. to see that, but <laughs> I don't necessarily. I, I, Panarin seems kind of like a, a bit of a unicorn to me. I think a lot of players who, I, I, the thing that a lot of people don't remember is that the whole Kaprizov situation was really kind of a weird thing where it seemed like there was maybe some outside pressure for him to sign that deal so he could be in the Olympics and play with the the Russian national team. I think he's also on, uh, you know, probably the most well-funded and biggest like KHL team. Um, And and so there's, there's some stuff that we can't really know over here in the West. Um, But if, if, if you want to kind of start to build a young core around Kaprizov, I think you give it a year next year and then try and kind of hit the ground running the year after. See where you're at. Maybe kind of say, you're going to have to make some tough decisions on, you know, is, is Luke Cunning or is Ryan Donato? Are those players that you want to, you know, kind of go all in on? Or are you mm-hmm. giving them extensions? Are you bridging them like over the next couple of years? But I think trying to go younger and adding prospects is, is, is who I would be targeting for the wild. Okay. All right, Josh, I appreciate you showing up on the show today and, and being a guest here. I know it's uh, it's trade deadline day, so the, when uh, when these trades go down, where can uh, people find you and your work for everything uh, stats-related when it comes to uh, all these trades that are about to happen? Yeah, well, thanks for having me on, Joe. Um, yeah, so I am uh, one of two twins. Uh, I'm Josh, but my brother's Luke, and we, we co-run a, a Twitter account called uh, Evolving Wild. Um, we also uh, are the creators and the maintainers, and we run a website, evolving-hockey.com. Um, we also have a Twitter handle for that that uh, you can kind of find some uh, game-by-game stats and just random kind of takes on from the stuff on our website. Uh, we will be uh, tweeting throughout the day, and uh, we also contribute to Hockey Graphs on the, the blog as well. So the, that's kind of the majority of the outlets you can find us at. All right, awesome. Great stuff today, Josh. I really appreciate it. That's going to do it for today's show of Locked on Wild. If you liked today's show, please hit subscribe so your device sends it to you every time there's a new episode without having to do any work. Please leave a review and a rating on whatever podcast service you use. 
You can follow the podcast on Twitter. Just look up at Locked On Wild. You can also follow me on Twitter at JoeBoo15. Don't be afraid to shoot an email to our inbox at LockedOnWild at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Locked On Wild, and be sure to check us out every Monday through Friday to stay on top of everything revolving around your Minnesota Wild trades every day.